Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everybody. This is the 30th episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to have the hard conversations with your teen. So what do I mean when I say hard conversation? Well, I'm sure you have your definition, but basically it's any conversation your teen doesn't want to have with you, and that is a lot of them. So hard conversations, hard on you, and it's hard on your teen. What kind of hard conversations? Anything around homework, curfews, uh, why they came in late, if you think your son or daughter's been drinking, um, if you need to discuss sex, uh, why is your son so angry? Why does your daughter cry so much? Uh, you're worried that your daughter's eating too much or she's not eating enough. So why are these conversations so hard and at times feel impossible? Well, you're dealing with a teenage brain that is hardwired for drama, and your son or daughter reacts super quickly before you can actually have a conversation or before they can hear you out. And what does that reaction look like? Well, they can go into a stress response. They go into a fight response like they'll strike back and say something like, what do you know? You don't trust me. You don't care about me. And it can go downhill from there with several F-bombs. Or they can go into a flight response. They avoid you like the plague. They hide in their room. Um, but if you force them to talk about it, they're going to wall you off and they're not going to speak to you. It's hard because the teen is good at saying things or acting in a way that triggers you or gets you hooked. And then you immediately go into a reactive mode. Voices raise, tempers flare, hurtful things are said, empty threats are made, like I'm going to take your car forever. And the conversation keeps on this downward plunge where both parent and teen don't know how to find their way back to ground zero. And this is why it's easy to want to avoid the hard conversation, because it's freaking draining. And you think, why would I put myself through this again? But this inability to have the hard conversation leaves the parent feeling anxious and powerless, and you really can't do your job. You can't protect your teen. So it's crucial that you figure out how you can have a successful hard conversation. I can't tell you how many parents I know are CEOs and have the respect of an entire company, but at home, you feel like you are held hostage by your 15-year-old angry teenage daughter. So I'm going to help you out. So here's how to have a hard conversation with your teen, and we're going to talk about six key elements. The first key element to having a successful hard conversation with your teen is having other conversations with your teen that are positive. This means that you have conversations that create positive experience with your son or daughter. Positive conversations 
are much easier to have with your teen and is the first step to having those successful hard conversations. And there are lots of different types of conversations that you can that you can have, like being playful where you're kind of joking around, like joking around about the dog. And oftentimes they are very simple things, like my daughter and I took our dog Lily to the dog park today, and it was so cold I didn't think that I needed to bring a towel. But Lily jumped in the water and swam around, and we both laughed because I did not want my car to be messed up, and so she was going to mess it up, so she's in the back seat, and then my daughter starts laughing because she's got this big, long drool hanging in her mouth, and there's nothing I can do about it because I was driving the car. Now, I know this sounds ridiculous, but that's what I mean by simple. We laugh till my stomach hurt. You want to intentionally have these lighthearted, stress-free, and pressure-free conversations like just catching up on the day, talking about sports and clothes or music. And often lighthearted conversations move naturally into meaningful conversations about what's going on with their friends or people at school, where your teen genuinely feels like you're actually interested in her world. What's important here is that you're genuinely curious in your daughter's world but you're not judgmental and you don't have any ulterior motive. If she feels that you generally just want to understand her world, she's going to open up with you. One of your daughter's core needs is to feel like she's understood, like that you're a student of her world, that you keep seeking to understand what it's like to be a teenager at her age and in this generation. For this to happen, your daughter has to tell you all the details and go into long, long stories and conversations about what's going on with her friends or the teachers. And this is what you want. These are spontaneous conversations, and there's gold in these conversations. If you say something like, I understand, I was a teenager once, too quickly, She's going to feel like you just shut down the conversation and that you're not really interested in her, and that will not go well for you. Good chance she's going to get ticked off and storm out of the room, and you're going to wonder, what did I do? Another kind of conversation you can have when your son or daughter is upset or anxious is a soothing conversation or a calming conversation where you just give them space to talk about what they're feeling and what's going on. You help them name those difficult emotions. And just by you being empathic, you can often help them calm down. This is not the time to try to fix her or give her advice or tell her, you know, she shouldn't have said that because what she really wants is that empathy and understanding again. So once she gets the understanding, later you can give her the advice. Now just think about you. Like if you've had a really hard day, do you want your husband or partner giving you advice? No. You want the sympathy, the empathy, the understanding, them being on your side, and your daughter's no different or your son's no different from you. Now, each of these different types of conversations with your teen could be an entire podcast. I know I'm just giving you a little bit of information, but we need to move on. So here are two ways we think that we're having a conversation with our teen, but really we're just having a monologue. 
First is that we become a 24-7 monitor, and this is a common trap for moms. And we fall into this 24-7 monitor, and we sound like, okay, you need to get a shower. Okay, it's time for breakfast. Okay, we need to leave now. Get your homework. Give me your phone. The trap for moms is that you think that you're having a conversation with your teen when in reality you're just talking at them and you're not listening to them. And the reason that so many moms fall into this trap of being a monitor is that we're so busy and often we just don't have time or the patience to have a more lengthy conversation. And if you haven't listened to my 28th episode where I was called 15 Minutes a Day Can Change your relationship with your teen, I would encourage you to listen to that one. But um, another trap is thinking that venting to your teen is a conversation. Venting is not a conversation. Again, it's mostly a monologue. Venting is when you usually haven't had time or taken the time to get clear. It sounds like I can't believe you didn't put the dishes in the dishwasher. After all that I do for you, I took you shopping yesterday and I bought a really nice dress for your dance. Do you think that's what I wanted to do on a Saturday? Was to be with a moody teenager and go to five different stores because you didn't like how any of the dresses looked like on you? And you didn't even say thank you. So how could I have raised such an entitled, selfish teenager? And I would have never treated my mom that way. Vending is all over the place, and it's definitely not clear. And your daughter will have no idea that you're wanting her to help her out more. I would know that because I'm a mom. But all she hears is that you're insulting her, and she's going to strike back. Okay, so we're going back to how to have successful hard conversations with your teenager. So first, what I've been talking about is you have to have other types of conversations that create a positive experience. All right. The second key is the timing has to be right. Now, I go into this in great detail in my book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, A Guide for Mothers Everywhere. But you want to have the hard conversation when the timing is right for both of you. And this is based on the great wealth of information we've received in the past two decades from neuroscience. So when is the timing right? The timing is right when you are clear and calm and when your teen is calm. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard stories from moms who try to talk to their teens who've come home after curfew and bottom line, it never goes well. So in that example... The teen is hoping to sneak in, but they're busted with mom and dad waiting at the door. The son is defensive and oftentimes had something to drink or is high, and this is the moment that you want to have that hard conversation, a.k.a. the big mother lecture. And you're hurt and you're worried and angry. You feel betrayed. This could have been made worse by dad or your partner blaming you because you said he could go to that party. And, okay, you may have had a few glasses of wine. So when you combine an angry, high teen with a stressed out, angry mom, I promise you this conversation is not going to end well. 
and no one is going to learn anything from this. So here's a takeaway from neuroscience. If you or your teen are emotionally flooded or have had any alcohol or any other substance, you are offline from that higher brain. And the higher brain is where you can control your emotions and your words. It's the executive functioning part of the brain. It's where you can see the big picture and have perspective. How to have that ability to have empathy and problem solve. So when you're angry or upset or anxious, you don't have any access to these tools. And the only tools you have are the stress response of fight, flight, or freeze. You are controlled by the lower brain and your lizard brain. The sympathetic nervous system takes over. The amygdala sees red and danger. The hypothalamus and the pituitary gland are pumping cortisol and adrenaline through your body. And this is helpful when you're in real danger like... When a car is coming at you, it's not helpful when you're trying to have a hard conversation with your teen. And so a good rule is to take your time and be very slow to having that hard conversation. In reality, parents kind of do it backwards. They're quick to have the hard conversation. And why? Is because we're triggered and we're ticked off. So here's why you want to take it slow. All right, so to have a successful hard conversation, number three, you need to be clear. Time is your friend here. Take the time you need to calm down. It takes time to sort through all the feelings. Your first gut reaction is to take things personally. I mean, how could she say this to me? How could he do that? A hard conversation is not about you expressing your feelings to your teen. You can't make it about you. I'm not saying that you should stuff your feelings. Process them with your friends or husband, but don't try to process them with your teen. And once you've processed them and you aren't in that emotion of anger, you can later tell your teen that, It was scary or it was hard for you. I was working with a successful doctor who had a 16-year-old daughter. And she told me that, you know, my daughter, she's the most important thing in my life. But what she said to me, well, it hurts. I mean, how can she say that? Like, parenting is my main job. I've done so much for her. And I try to meet her halfway and she'd say this to me. So when you are in taking things personally place, you may be clear about your feelings, but that's about it. You are not clear about what your daughter needs to learn to be a healthy adult. You don't have perspective like, is this a normal teenage behavior or is it not? You're not clear about the consequences. You're not on board with the other parent. So you want to take time. To make sure when you are going to have that conversation with your teen, that you are clear about these things and that you know your strategy. Part of the clarity is to be clear is asking yourself, do you need more help? Do you need some more counsel or guidance? Do you need more information? Do you need to get a team in place? Your clarity can come from being still, meditating, praying, Checking in with your intuition, 
listening to your wiser self. So here's one last thing about being clear. Decide who you want to be. Okay, so what do I mean? Too often in these hard conversations, when we get hooked, we go down to our teens level. We're not bringing them up to the adult level. We become just like them. They kind of trigger our inner teenager and we act like them. And we don't do this consciously. We're just hooked and we automatically go there. And a majority of the time, we're not even aware of it. And so if your daughter is sassy, you sass them right back. And we justify it in our minds like, okay, we're going to just show them how they're treating us. But in reality, we have stooped to their level. Truly, you can't control the teen's reaction, but you can control yours. One time in my private practice, I had a mom come in and she was beautifully dressed. Her hair was perfect and... Obviously, it was a very sophisticated, smart woman, and she was telling me how terrible her daughter was and that they got in a ton of fights and, you know, that she was terrible. She said terrible things to the mother and wanted me to see her, and she was just so done and drained from all these fights. So I saw the daughter in my private practice, and she was precious. I mean, she was like sunshine. She was happy and smiling and very open. Um, If anything, she might have been ADD because she just would talk on and on. But I asked her, I said, you know, your mom says that you fight a lot. And she said, we do. And I hate that. So often I just hide in my room because I don't want to fight with my mom. And I said, well, can you tell me about those fights? And she just paused and she took out her phone and she said, I can show you my fights. So she had videoed all the fights with her mom. Do you think that I watched the videos of her mom and her daughter fighting? Yes, I did. And I tell this story whenever I'm speaking to groups of parents. Because what I watched, this mom would have been horrified if she knew I watched this video. This mom completely lost control. Uh, She was raging at her daughter. Her daughter was just saying, Mom, stop it. Stop it. The point being is when you're in reaction, you can go down to the teenage level. But this is why I say decide who you want to be beforehand. Decide who you want to be even if your son or daughter is incredibly disrespectful. So this deciding turns into an intention. Like, I intend to be grounded, kind, and clear, even if my teen yells and argues back. And you see, you want to bring your full awareness to this hard conversation and ask yourself, what are my expectations? Are they realistic? So if you check it out and you're really kind of expecting your daughter to completely listen to you and say, I'm sorry, and give you a big hug, and mom, you're the best, thank you so much... Now, that would be great, but it's not likely going to happen in that first conversation. If your expectations are unrealistic, you are going to react. And another thing to consider is that the goal of a hard conversation is not punishment for punishment's sake. And that's another reason why we want to take it slow before having that conversation. 
when we are angry, upset, or worried, our go-to place is punishment. Because, I mean, they've driven us nuts. They've wasted our time. They've said mean things to us. But punishment for punishment's sake does not teach what you want your daughter to learn or your son to learn. Often punishment just builds a wall, and you're just teaching your son or daughter to be mean-spirited. See, our teens are watching us very closely. They may not be listening to every word we say, but they listen to how we react in situations, and they will model our behavior. So we want to be that role model for them. So that's why you want to decide who you want to be, and that's going to help shape who you want your daughter to be. The goal is not to punish for punishment's sake. It's to discern what your son or daughter needs to learn to be a healthy, successful adult. All right, the fifth key to having a successful, hard conversation with your teen is that you need to hear his or her story. I go into this with great detail in the ninth chapter, How to Discipline Your Teen, in my book, Dial Down the Drama. But a lot of times you're having the hard conversation because your son and daughter weren't telling you the truth in the first place. They were telling you a story, meaning that they left out important facts, or they were telling you a bold-faced lie to your face. So when you're going into that hard conversation, you usually have had more information, and you're upset that they've lied to you. And so this makes this very difficult, but not impossible. Okay, so let's say you're talking to your teen, and you say something like, okay, you told me you turned in your homework, But I talked to your teacher, and you didn't. In fact, you have like three zeros for that. And because she's lied to you, it's very easy for you to go to judgment, to anger, and to fear. Like, she's the laziest person ever. She's going to fail out of school. If she can lie to me, who else is she lying? What else is she lying about? And when you're triggered, you could say something like, you know, you're not going out for the next six months. So again, this is why you need time to calm down so that you don't go down that rabbit hole. And you want to revisit this again and try to get their story, because now you have more information. And here's why. There is gold here. There could be a lot of reasons why she didn't do her homework. And whatever is really going on will let you know what you need to do next or what the consequences need to be. She may tell you that she feels too far behind. She may not understand the material. She may be having boyfriend problems and has been texting him nonstop. She may be carrying too much responsibility for her friend who just told her that she's been cutting on herself. So if you can control your reaction, your teen will let you know what's really going on under the surface. Each response that I just mentioned would have a different course of action. Your daughter may need to stay after school and get help. She might need to talk to a therapist. He may be addicted to gaming. She may need to have more guidelines around the phone. Okay, so some of you may be thinking, I've tried approaching my teen when we are both calm, but he still reacts and takes off or goes off on me. Okay, so here's the sixth key to having a successful hard conversation with your teen. 
is you need to be strategic and not reactive. This might take multiple conversations. Often you can't get all the learning done in one conversation, even though every parent hopes that that would be possible. So one thing to be aware of when having the hard conversation is that your teen will often push back and will try to use adolescent logic. Now here's the thing about adolescent logic. It's not logical. The purpose of adolescent logic is to do anything, to say anything, to get their way. So they'll try to get you upset. They'll try to derail you into going down different rabbit trails. They're not interested in real logic. So let's say you have this first conversation and they get angry and they lay into you. So instead of arguing back with them, you set a boundary and say, hey, let's just talk about this later. And, you know, this is where the phone can actually be helpful. Um, If your teen is really pushing back, you can text them and say, if you keep being disrespectful and arguing, the consequences are going to be a lot worse for you. And you can reinforce that what they did was not okay and that there are going to be consequences. And you just haven't decided what they're going to be. It depends on how they're acting. You can tell them that you're open to hearing their side of the story, but that they need to be respectful. And you can tell them, let me know when you can do that. You know, and then you reinforce the consequences. Until then, you can't use the car. So there might be multiple conversations here. It just depends on your teen and how stubborn they're being. But if you take the high road, the process will go a lot quicker, and he or she will see that you're serious. It might be that you can only bring up one point or issue in each conversation. But at some point, your teen will soften, and this is a time that they're going to be more willing to open up and tell you what's really going on. The reason why I'm giving you all these keys to having a hard conversation is that you want to do everything you can to protect that relationship with the teen. I have seen too often that these hard conversations, when not done in the right way, can do real damage and last well beyond the teenage years. So you don't want to lose your teen's heart. You don't want to lose their that connection. Because if your son or daughter is stuck at a party and they, they're in trouble, you want them to be able to call you and talk to you. When the hard conversations are done in a respectful way, so much good can come out of it. You can protect your teen, you can speak into their life, you can guide them, and they can actually bring you closer together. Especially when that's balanced with fun, positive experiences that you share with your teen daily. Hey everybody, this concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I have some other great resources for you. You can head over to ColleenOGrady.com that has two L's and two E's. You can sign up for my Dial Down the Drama triple pack. It's absolutely free. You get a copy of my free ebook, Seven Ways to Help Your Daughter and Yourself, a free chapter from my best-selling and award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, a Guide for Mothers Everywhere. And you get a free subscription to my weekly easing. I always have a helpful article for you.
If you're ready to pick up your copy of Dow Down the Drama, you can find it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. For daily encouragement, follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Colleen O'Grady, Dow Down the Drama. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.